Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Multidimensional Journey podcast and the Multidimensional Journey YouTube. Thank you guys so much for continuing to return back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. I really, really appreciate it here on the podcast. Uh, we have so many new listeners coming in every week on the YouTube channel, all you new subscribers. So I'm just, I'm really just want to express my gratitude, continue to express my gratitude. Um, this is exactly why I do this podcast and I make these videos is so people like you who are on this path can have access to the information that you need to have safe, profound, um, and impactful journeys and to live out your lives the way that you want to, right? This is the whole point of all these plant medicines and these psychedelics is that we get to live out our truth each and every day. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, today's episode is a very informative one, a very important one, and it's all about knowing how to ask your sitter, your facilitator, your retreat center, wherever you're going, how to ask for help and support. Oftentimes working with students or just in my own experiences over the years, you know, this part kind of maybe gets, it's kind of like an afterthought, you know, it's like, well, I'll just kind of raise my hand if I need help or um, they'll go over it. They'll tell us how to ask for help. And I really like to empower my students really feel into knowing the asking for help protocol and making sure that's really clear because once you actually get into the ayahuasca space or psychedelic or other non-ordinary states it can be quite wonky you know and our nervous system is in a in a different state so we want to know that and maybe rehearse that beforehand and also making our boundaries really clear around what kind of support do i want do i want to um be told that everything is safe? Do I want a supportive touch? Do I want no touch? So making all of those things super clear to our facilitator retreat center beforehand. So that's what today's episode is about. And so today's episode is actually a part, it's a video that's um, in my new ayahuasca preparation course. And this preparation course was designed with the beginner in mind and also the modern Westerner. Um, I've launched it on a platform. I've had some students enroll on already and it's been um, gotten really great feedback. Um, better feedback actually than I thought I was going to get. So I'm just really proud of this course. It's a course that I wish I had before I went into my initial experiences with ayahuasca. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And also if you're interested, check out the link below to starting microdosing practice with ayahuasca at home if you're interested. Microdosing can be a really soft and subtle way to practice with ayahuasca. Um, just the MAO vine part, just the BCAPI vine part, not the DMT, um, and connect with the ethnogenic spirit uh, in your everyday practice. Great for meditation, great for opening up the heart, great for inner child work, great for grief work, great for a lot of things. Um, and then also check out all the links below for my upcoming workshops, my events. Um, also sign up to my newsletter. That way you get exclusive access to upcoming videos and podcasts and also just deals on things that I'm currently releasing and that I'm whatever I'm doing, creating within my coaching practice and all, all of that. So without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. I'll see you guys on the inside. Bye. Hey guys. So in this video, we're going to be talking about asking for help from your facilitator and how to negotiate that way before. Uh, your ayahuasca journey or the ayahuasca ceremony day um if you can have this conversation prior like way prior that's better in my eyes but sometimes if we're going to these big retreat centers that conversation doesn't really happen until uh, people get there so you know really really advocating for yourself to have that conversation sooner than later and i would even say like in my opinion, like if that's like one of the things that you really need in your experience, making sure that question is brought up in your pre-vetting process as well. So, um, so basically, once you do get a chance to talk to your facilitator or your sitter, um, you basically want to ask them and have a conversation about like what is the process for asking for support, and what are some things we can agree upon that um, that if I do ask for support while I'm in the non-ordinary state, which is ayahuasca in this case, you know how I want to be supported. So support can look like a, a lot of different ways. So the facilitator will more than likely say like, all you need to do is like raise your hand or call out, you know, 
um, and that way we will know to come over to you. But there has to be some sort of signal or sign that you're in distress and you need help, right? Because especially when you're in these vulnerable states, you know, it's, it's sometimes even hard to like say something. So if we can use a couple of signals, like if I raise my hand or um, if I say your name or um, something of that nature and really taking the setting in mind, because if you're going to a setting where the room is pitch black when this experience is happening, you really want to get creative with your facilitator. And it's like, well, if I am having a hard time speaking and it's dark, like, how are you going to know that I need help? And just really thinking and feeling into this, you know? Um, so first, like figuring out a way, like, how am I going to communicate that, that I need help, you know? And then and we're really looking for the easiest way for you possible. So if it is shouting out someone's name, great. If it's raising a hand, um, great. You know, all of that. So then the, the next part is communicating the ways that you want to be supported. So that can include through vocal support or verbal support or uh, touch support if you consent for that, right? So let's start with verbal support. Verbal support can look like it would be really helpful for me if you just said like everything is okay, you're safe. Maybe if you cued me to remember my breath, that would be really helpful to tell me to remember to breathe. Uh, t- please tell me or share with me, remember to stay in my heart. Maybe uh, if this is, I'm basically using myself as an example. I have a tendency to get in my head sometimes. So, you know, just cue me, remember to stay in my heart. Just like if I look really overwhelmed and disoriented, maybe help me re- help me remember to put my hands over my heart and breathe in into my heart space. Um, those would all be really helpful. So just taking some time, like what would you want to hear in the space of being a little distressed and just needing some guidance, right? If you need someone to just listen, like, hey, actually just, I need someone to listen to me. Um, then that could also be, you know, um, a way to communicate the way you need support. I think the thing to keep in mind, um, if we're being totally realistic here, is that oftentimes in groups, in group experiences, you really have to lower your voice. <clears throat> you really have to stay quiet. So if there's a quiet room or a side room that your facilitator can walk you to, and we can process that way, great. Make sure you locate that and understand the logistics of that. If there isn't, then like, you know, to ask about that, if there's something I want to process, like, and I just can't keep inside, what do I do with that? You know, cause oftentimes it's instructed that not to speak loudly in the room, but if you're in a one-on-one experience, you could do that all you want. So, so just once again, negotiating that, um, if you want physical touch, you know, if you don't obviously say like, I do not consent to any physical touch, but if you do consent to physical touch, um, be like, uh, a hand on the shoulder would be helpful. A hand on the heart would be helpful you know, holding my hand would be helpful. And you really want to negotiate these um, up front, you know, really being clear about your boundaries and what you need and what is helpful to you, um, all of these different things. So um, I'm just trying to think about what else. And the other thing I, w- I will re- reiterate is like, if you are in a group experience, um, I would I would really encourage you to ask like, hey, do you guys have a, a process room or, or somewhere to go outside of here? Because sometimes the energy in the room is just like, whoa, it's a lot. So basically being like, what is the protocol for that? Just in case I need it, you know, it's peace of mind and, and all of that. Those are also questions you can ask in the pre-vetting as well. Um, but essentially, if it does come time to, if and when, you know, it comes time to ask for help in your ceremony, do, do not hesitate. That's, that's like one of the things I can really encourage is that I know it's vulnerable to ask for help. I know it doesn't always feel the best. Um, you might feel like shy or you're disrupting the group or, you know, whatever might be coming up for you. And I really want to encourage you to like feel empowered to ask for help because the thing is, this is an altered state. This is a very advanced altered state. 
more than likely at some point you're going to need help. And I think getting used to asking for it is you're going to be in a way better position than like basically thinking like, I'm going to be fine. Um, not that I don't think you're capable of it. That's not what I'm saying. Like, but this is like, you know, this is really presenting a lot of different um, dimensions. So the closer, you know, you can get with that facilitator and communicate the better and really like choosing a facilitator um, in your pre-vetting process that you know, like that's like, that feels absolutely comfortable. I would say that is the best case scenario um, because it is very challenging to feel alone in a challenging experience um, because sometimes the healing or the transformation or the corrective experience is getting the help, right? Because, you know, these experiences aren't just about you and the plant medicines. It's about the connection to yourself and the connection to others in relationship, right? So that's why, you know, that this piece is so important is that you want to have an actual connection with your facilitator and feel like you have that relationship because it goes beyond um, the medicine and, and just that. There's a lot more happening, so to speak. So I hope you guys enjoyed this video and I'll see you in the next one. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's video and podcast. Thank you so much for just being here and thank you for all the work you're doing. Thank you for your intentions. And if you enjoyed this podcast or you enjoyed this YouTube channel or this video, please leave the podcast a rating or a review. And here on the YouTube channel, uh, hit that like button or subscribe. All these things really help me out in continuing to thrive both on the podcast and the YouTube channel. And if you're interested in the ayahuasca preparation course, be sure to check out the links below as well as ways to work with me, my upcoming workshops, my events, and also subscribing to my newsletter. Thank you guys so much again for being here and I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.